Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Rico. Our hope is that today's message adds life and power to your journey as you grow. Thanks for joining us. Last week, we dealt with um, one of the miracles in God's Word, and we definitely focused a little bit on Christ, he should have said no dealing with the leper. And that was a fantastic time. I said that if I were doing a series, I'd call it desperate times. I'll call for desperate measures. And since I'm doing but not doing a series, we'll still say in that theme, we'll still stay there. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, And we'll come today from the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10 and verses 46 through 50 is, will be the pericope from where our scripture will come from today. If you're looking for it, that's Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, the second uh, gospel in the New Testament, chapter 10 and verse 46 through 52. God's got some important information he wants to share with his church on today. It's here on our screen, and since it's right before us, and because the Word of God is the authority in our lives, let's stand in reverence to it as we read it. Mark chapter 10, for those following online, those with us looking through your Word, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Um, And it reads, I'll read this verse. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a crowd, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the side, beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth, we can switch to the next verse, was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Next verse. The crowd said, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. They didn't just whisper it, but they yelled at him, be quiet. But he only shouted Louder. What did he say, church? Son of David, have what? Mercy on me. We, we can talk about God today, guys. Don't, don't be too timid. Verse 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come to me. So they called him. They called the blind man. They said, cheer up. Come on. He's calling you. Then verse 50. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Verse 51. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. He says, my rabbi, I want to see. Verse 52. And Jesus said to him, go. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see And he followed Jesus down the road. Pray with me and for me as we talk for just a few moments under the awesome title, Seize the Moment. Seize the Moment. Let's pray. Father God, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. For if today, O Lord, your 
spirit would fall from me. All of who I am would fall to the ground as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. There will be nothing here, Father, but flesh. And yet, oh Lord, you've allowed this moment to take place today. So hide me behind the cross, oh Lord. Keep me in your presence. And now, oh Lord, enable your servant to speak your word boldly. Stretch out your hand to perform great signs and wonders through your holy name, through Jesus' name. Let the whole church say, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. Seize the moment. Life was about to change for Bartimaeus. Life was going to present him with a moment unlike any other day that he had ever felt in his life, and he could feel it brewing inside of him. His life was never going to be the same again after dealing with this man, Jesus, and he could feel the excitement coming in because as the crowd was coming by, he could hear that it was Jesus, the man from Nazareth. See, the Bible says that he was sitting on the roadside outside of Jericho, and I would like to put my imagination onto the text. I believe, Jane, he's been sitting here for quite some time. If you'd allow me to paint the picture with you, I think Brandon, day after day after day, Ashley, he comes and he sits at the gate. He lays down his coat, or I would venture to say a cloak, puts it down in front of him. And in old English terms, Sheila, he probably said, alms for the blind, alms for the blind, calling out to individuals whose hearts could be touched with his handicapped situation and they could come by and drop coins in his coat. I don't believe that he could see what was going on. The Bible actually says that he is blind, so I'm sure he has it resting right in front of him. But in this advantageous spot, in front of the gates of Jericho, there are many things I would promise you that he had heard that fixed his excitement for the day, and I promise you he knew his life was going to change that day. Because it's there on the side of Jericho that I'm sure that he heard little children coming, running by, talking about a man in the city who, when the disciples told them, you can't be with Jesus, he's got no time for little tailors and little bells and little savannas and little EJs, uh, pushed them off to the side. This man named Jesus said to them, Felicita, he said, hey, listen, listen, suffer the little children to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. I'm sure as he sat there on the side of the road, he, he, he heard uh, the disappointment um, in, in, in the rich young ruler who came to ask Jesus earlier on in that particular chapter, saying to Jesus, he says, hey man, what must I do to be saved? You remember the story. Christ says to him, listen, 
Keep all the commandments. He says, I've done that. He says, then go ahead and sell all you have and give it to the poor. He said, whoa. <laughs> I'm sure as he watched and listened to the slow footprints of that rich young ruler leaving Jericho, he saw the frustration in his feet as he moved. Sorry, so he, he recognized, didn't see it, but he saw it in his mind's eye as he recognized this man's leaving Jericho and he's not happy. But hearing story after story of people encountering Jesus, I'm sure it began to prick his imagination, Carol, as he thought to himself, could this man Jesus have time for me, Captain Bill? Could he be interested in what I'm going through? Does he have a desire in his heart to hang out with me? Desperation begins to take place as the crowd gets uh, uh, closer and closer and closer to him. There uh, hushed, there were hushed noise, cry, sorry, there were hushed crowds simply because they're listening to what Jesus is saying because it's a large crowd, but this is his moment and he's not going to let it pass him by. The Bible says that as Jesus was coming by, he knows who it is. He begins to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him, hey, shut up. You're making too much noise. You're doing too much. He turns a blind eye to those around him and he begins to shout, the Bible says, even louder. It says he shouts all the more. His desperate situation causes him to put a, a stiff hand to those in opposition to him and he shouts all the more, Jesus, thou son of David. And Jesus stops. The Bible says that he completely stops and asks who was it that called him. When he asked who it was, they told him who he was. He says, bring him to me. He gets up. He he says, what do you want from me? He says, listen, man, I want to see. And he begins to immediately see the Bible says and says that he followed behind him. I'd like to ask you the question today, church. Have you ever been in a desperate moment where you needed God to make a way out of no way? Have you ever been in a desperate moment where doctors didn't have an answer for your situation? Uh, in a desperate moment where your finances, you just got laid off or you gotten fired and you needed God to provide a way? I'd like to suggest to you, church, that there are some examples of things that you and I can do in desperate moments so that we can come out on the other side victors, those healed like blind Bartimaeus, simply because we seize the moments that come with great opportunities towards us. I'd like to suggest to you, church, that there are many opportunities that come to you and I in this desperate moment where blind Bartimaeus wanted to see, he took advantage of a moment. And I like to suggest to you, in the words of one of these great, uh, great artists, opportunities only come once in a lifetime. So Eminem would say, you better lose yourself in the music. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow because opportunity comes. Once in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And he didn't let it pass him by. 
I'd like to suggest to you that there are some elements to seizing a moment today, church. And the first part of this phrase begins like this. When desperation recognizes hope, things change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When in a moment where you feel like you have less than but more is on the horizon and your hope is excited about it, things begin to change in your life. You and I have to get to moments in our lives, and I want you to understand, Jesus is at the intersection, let me tell you, of desperation and hope. And when you reach him right there, I promise you he's got a miracle coming your way. I promise you he's got an answer to some prayer coming your way. Desperation says, I don't have what I need, but I must stay in hope for what I need. I'd like to suggest to you that when desperation reaches hope, seize the moment, and here's point number one, regardless of your inabilities. <laughs> seize the moment regardless of your inabilities. What do you mean, Pastor McBride? Let's go back to the particular text. Here we have blind man Bartimaeus standing or sitting by the side of the road, uh, and he is actually blind. He cannot see, but I promise you he could see Jesus coming because his faith did not need eyes to see Jesus. Hello, somebody. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He just had a little bit of evidence that Jesus was coming. He heard a bit of the story of what Jesus could do for others, and so it definitely let him know that in his blindness, God could make him whole, and so he extended himself past his inabilities to, to, to raise his voice so that Christ could hear what he could not see. I'd like to suggest to you today that his inabilities did not stop his abilities. Just because you and I don't have everything that we need, church, doesn't mean that we can't have anything. Mm -hmm. He could have stayed quiet and watched this moment pass him by. He could have hushed his mouth when the crowd told him to be quiet. But no, he shouted, the Bible says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Some commentators say that uh, he shouted, Jesus, have mercy on me, because he, 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 he probably committed a sin that caused his blindness. I don't know how true that is, but... I do know a few people, uh, maybe not in this church, because Relove is probably one of the greatest churches on this side of California, but I do know that there are some people who allow their past sins to stop them from getting opportunities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know some people who are handcuffed today uh, and arrested by the fact that last year you did something you should not have done, and you're probably still bearing the ramifications or the results of it, the consequences of it, and it's stopping you from choosing and getting a hold of opportunities today. I need you to know your inabilities, your mistakes, they are not who you are. You are not defined by your blindness. You are not defined by your mistakes. You're not defined by your sin. How many in here know that you are a sinner saved by grace. Hallelujah. His inabilities did not define him. They did not stop him. They did not limit him either. When he reached opposition, he just raised his abilities even higher. They said, stop. He got louder. They said, be quiet. He yelled. It's easy fruit right now. What I'm about to say is easy fruit, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Don't be mad if somebody tells you to be quiet in church when you come to see the Son of God. 
just call for him even louder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, don't. If they look at you wild because you're shouting about God's goodness, let them keep looking. You need to let them know this ain't about them. It's about you and the Lord. The other thing is, is your inabilities and my inabilities, inabilities are just the middle part of the story. You see, because some of us are unhappy that we are living with cancer. Some of us are further depressed that we are living with depression. Others of us are unhappy that we woke up with a problem. Some of us can't find a smile because that's how we woke up. We woke up unhappy about the issue that we were dealing with the night before. We wake up this morning and, and we're just unhappy again. Some of us are, walked in the church this morning going through a problem and are really frustrated about it. Your bills aren't paid. Uh, your parents aren't acting right. You got to be the adult in the home. Uh, your husband is not doing as he should and your wife, she clearly don't like you anymore and you're living a life lonely unhappy, frustrated, you're waking up depressed, not liking yourself, you're going through a problem, but can I share with you some joy on this Sabbath morning? Can I help you to understand that if you're living with a disease, at least you're living can I help you to understand that if you're going through a problem, at least you're going through, can I help you to know that if you woke up with an issue at least Hallelujah. Come on, say amen, church. You woke up this morning. God started you on your way. He put you in your right mind. So you do have something to be thankful and grateful for. Blind Bartimaeus said, I got up. Today's going to be my day. Things are going to change for me, just like he said any other day. I need every Christian in here who's still a soldier fighting the battle to win to understand. It don't matter if victory don't come yesterday and doesn't come today, but one day victory shall be mine. At least you're living. At least we're going through. At least we woke up. I'd like to suggest to you that when desperation recognizes hope, point number two, seize it regardless of their expectations. Who do you mean they, Pastor? Everyone around blind Bartimaeus was like, yo, you're messing up the worship service, bro. We don't yell like that at Relove. That is not how we do it. That's not how you call on the Lord. They, they, they probably even got like real bold and said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. <laughs> they, 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 prob they, prob they probably threw a, a text at him. Uh, uh, Blessed are the peaceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure because I, I need you to understand that when some people feel like they really got a hold on who God is and begin to become what they feel like is righteous indignation, they become an offense to Christianity. Y'all weren't ready for that. My bad, Lord. I just told them what you told me to say. We talked about it in this past Sabbath school lesson as I was with the folks. If you find yourself going on the offense for Christ, you're a problem. I'm going to slow it real. I'm going to slow it real. I'm going to slow it down. We are Christians told to wear the whole armor of God so that we can stand. 
that armor is largely designed for defense. Over 99% of the armor is defense. There's just one percentage. That's the sword. And even with that sword, you can be defensive. But there's something that happens to people who feel like they got Jesus and he's all theirs and other people got to jump ropes just to get to him. There, there's, there's something that happens to the mind of the Christian today who feels like I got Jesus and you got to keep the Sabbath holy to get my Jesus. There's something that happens, and I'm messing up for all the traditional folks in church, boy. I'm, 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 I'm over here just like, they're drawing a line in the sand and I'm jumping over it. Something about a Christian who really believes that, man, if, 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 if I don't get them to do right, they're going to miss out on heaven. I need you to fully understand, you and I don't get anybody to do right. It's Jesus who gets everybody to do right. You and I don't make anybody do things. Let me tell you something. We are the example of how God good, how good God is. So let me help you understand something. If you want somebody to change their ways and love the Jesus you love, love them like how Jesus loves you. Ooh, that's a tough one because everybody in here don't believe that they walk around with stinky underwear sometime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you, you believe your sweat smells good. I'm really not talking to anybody here. I'm talking to the online audience. Which camera should I look at, Keith? Where <laughs> Everybody in here got good deodorant on, not telling on them. Some got secret. Some got, you know what I'm saying, dove. Some got arm and hammer. You know, they're, they're really doing things. Nobody in this church here lives that kind of life that we're going to tell somebody else to be quiet. Here's the crazy part about this particular story. Your man's on the sidelines. He's sitting down suave. He's like, yo, Jesus, hey, can you see me? Lord, I want to see you. And they're like, no, you can't go to Jesus. He's like, no, but please, look, I need to see the man. Like, yo, everybody else having a good time with him? Can I have a good time with him? And Jesus stops, and Jesus says, hey, who's talking to me? They tell him who's talking to him, and he says, go get him. You ever see those videos of, like, instant karma? <laughs> we're like somebody's mad that somebody's driving slow and then they jump in front of that guy and then they can't control their car and they go sliding and Taylor you know what I'm talking about I see you shaking your head like I, I've seen those things where, where somebody's mad at somebody else and so they 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 take the law into their own hands and they go do something else and then as soon as they jump out to pass this person there goes Smokey right there and he catches them and give them a ticket I've seen them instant karma things that crowd that tells uh, uh, Brian Bartimaeus to be quiet immediately gets told by God Bring him to me. <laughs> they want him to be quiet. I need you to know when God said that he would make your enemies your footstool. Hmm. He wasn't joking on that particular part. I need, to, I, need, I need to ask the question since the church is so quiet. Have y'all been somebody else's footstool? Yeah, 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 because... Here, the obstacle that was in his way is now his agent to get him to Christ. The obstacle that was holding him back is, is now his, his help to see God. Listen, y'all might not say amen, but I know Sister Vernon over in Florida, Lachey's mom, she's going to be talking back to me. She's talking back to me right now in the midst of this sermon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yup, yup, yup. He's, he's, he's looking at this moment. He's realizing my adversary are now my advocates. My critics 
They're my cheerleaders. If you go back to that particular verse, the Bible says that they tell him, cheer up. They bring out the pom-poms and everything for the man. Say, hey, listen, man, Jesus is calling you. You're first in line for a miracle with God. And it's all because when his desperation reached hope, he said, I'm going to seize it regardless of all you people that don't want me to have it. Don't look to the left or to the right. Somebody might not want you to get that miracle that God has for you. Mm-hmm. 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 They're in your text messages. They're in your DMs. <laughs> Ain't it funny how people don't like you always look at your stories? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have social, but I do have my kids' social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right on my phone. I'll be, somebody be sending text messages. I'll be like, who, who talk? All right. Yo, Savannah, who this boy? Oh, for I'll be in there. Yo, yo, Jane, her girlfriends be they be spitting and spatting back and forth with each other, and then next thing you know, the same girlfriend will be all in her DMs, is all, all, all of her stories is, oh man, your mom and your dad look so good. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just got into an argument. You know, it's amazing how people hate what they don't like. But what they don't like has so much value. I need you to understand, if they're talking about you, you're worthy. Mm -hmm. If they're jealous about you, (laughs) I mean, you look look all right. You're doing all right. If, 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 they, if they turning their nose up at you when you coming by and, and, and they got all kinds of things, they snickering behind your back, let me tell you something. You are worth talking about. We don't talk about things that we don't like, church. We don't talk about things that we don't know anything about. We don't pay any attention to the things that don't make sense to us. But if you make sense, Sabrina, I'm about to talk about you, girl. You know, I mean, she running the greatest, like, children's department in the world. And I'm a little jealous because... You know, I need you to understand something. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say something that's going to make some people mad, Paula. Listen, man, if you're jealous of a leader in this church, there's <laughs> a whole lot of time to be a leader. Just go be one. I need... I'm going to share one other nugget. Keep your haters gainfully employed, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like always give them something to hate about. That means you're studying. That means you're doing your job. That means you're, you're going hard at it. People won't talk about nothing that isn't valuable. And even though they don't seem worth, see, see, see your worth, even though the crowd didn't see uh, uh, Bartimaeus' worth, God saw his worth. He shouted all the more in the midst of their frustration. The other thing that he did here is he didn't pay them any attention. While you keep your haters gainfully employed, give them no limelight. If they're going to get some joy from you, let them have the joy of talking about you over Sabbath dinner. But the Bible says that he shouted all the more when they told him to be quiet. I wonder what he was shouting. A good saint, good old saint might be in here and they might say he shouted, uh, pass me not, oh gentle savior. The Bible says that he called out all the louder, all all the louder. Uh, Felicity, I bet you he said, hear my humble cry. He said, while on others thou art calling, Jesus, do not pass. 
pass me by. <laughs> though, 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 listen, those who know, you know, you know the hymn, you're going to get down to the last verse. It says, thou the spring of all my comfort, more than life to me. Whom have I on earth beside thee? Whom in heaven but thee? I'm calling Savior. Hallelujah, Savior. Hear my humble cry. Can I say it again? While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Then verse 49. Mm -hmm. Things change because Jesus stops and hears him and tells them to come up. I'm going to talk to you. I need you to understand that when desperation recognizes hope, that's your moment, church. Seize it. Here's my third and final point. Seize it regardless of what used to sustain you. Go all in for God. You see, Mark adds this standalone verse here in this particular portion of the pericope that... <sighs> When I was in my study reading this thing, and I wanted to make sure that I was doing this well enough to be up here talking about it, Brother Eugene, Mark puts this part in here of the story that literally says that when Jesus calls him, he throws his coat to the side and gets up and goes. Now, I'm just looking at this thing, Nate, and I'm saying to myself, now I'm wondering to myself, why do God put this in here that he throws his coat to the side? Some versions say he throws his cloak to the side. He throws, throws his cloak to the side. If, if we could have found, you know, I talked about life and purpose just a minute ago. Uh, if I could have found the blue flag from the window up in the retreat, I'd put it out here as the, as the thing. But the yellow team hid that one too. Um, you know, we just, we just got some haters in the building, man, you know. And if it wasn't the yellow team, I promise it was the orange team, you know, Sheila's team. They, they just decided that, you know, they didn't. There were a few teams that were really good. Uh, it was like the blue team and the purple team. They were like really, really good. Um, but if I could illustrate what a cloak was, I'd put the green flag down here so that you could understand that as people passed by, when they saw... Bartimaeus, they, they dropped some cash down and it had to go somewhere. So I'd like to bet to you that it, it went in his cloak. Few of the people coming by and he's calling out, arms for the blind, arms for the blind. And they're, they're like, oh man, look at that blind guy. Okay, cool. Drop a little change for him. And Carol, a few people coming by and if they're anything like my kids, they're like, dad, can we give that homeless man some food, please? Can we, can we help him out? I love my kids. They just, Dad, can we, your kid ever do that? Like, see somebody? With, Dad, can we, just, can we just give them some money? Okay, cool. We'll, we'll drop them. Drop them a little bit. But then the Bible says that when Christ calls him, he throws his cloak to the side. Now, I'm, my faith might not have been good. Aubrey, I would have messed up that day. Jesus would have called me. I said, hold on, Lord. <laughs> Just a minute, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> By that time, Jesus like, he don't really want me. I'm just going to keep on going over here. Let me, 
tell you something. Moments of opportunities are elusive. They're elusive and they're not easy to come by. Let me tell you one of the reasons why. Because many of us go through life on autopilot. Just doing the same thing over and over and over again that when Jesus shines in this moment, says, I'm going to be good to you. I'm going to be great to you. I'm going to bless you today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to choose me today. But because we're used to doing the same thing over and over again, we live in our life on autopilot, we miss out on opportunities to love and get a moment to seize God's goodness. But here's the other thing. Bartimaeus goes all in before he's healed. I don't play poker. Uh, it's just, I just, it's just not the way I like to risk my money. I would rather do it jumping out of a plane, skydiving. I would I'd rather do it on a quarter mile track, racing my car down the road. That's how I like to risk my money, but I don't, I don't do it. But it's always amazing to me when somebody decides to push all their chips to the front, betting on the river. I'm, I'm, I don't really know exactly what I'm talking about. I, <laughs> waiting for the last card. Nat, stop laughing at me. <laughs> waiting for the last card to be revealed, but that going all in is to let the other guy know, hey, I got better cards than you. I got better cards than what you got, and I promise you that even when, the, even when we reveal our cards... My card's going to be better than yours. And it's, it, it, it's, it, it's intimidation for the next guy to just fold so that they actually don't have to show their hand. In this particular part of the story, when our boy Blind Bartimaeus decides to go all in, it's, watch this, not about what he's going to get, but who he's going to get. Mm. He's already asked God to be merciful to him and allow him to see. Now he's got, getting a chance for an audience with God. He's saying, listen, I used to live off of this thing. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says that we must get rid of every weight that so easily beset us. You remember that? I'd like to suggest to the listening church today that every weight is not actually a sinful thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Every weight could be a, a, a hindrance of, 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 of behaviors that won't allow you to seize a moment to choose Christ. Uh, uh, every hindrance might be uh, uh, something that minimizes Christ when Christ should be maximized in your life. Uh, every weight might be desires that don't uh, align with what you're trying to do in that moment. When he says, I'm throwing my cloak to the side, he says, God, I'm not healed yet, but I'll take you over my healing. That's a tough message. That's a tough message because God, I really want that cancer to be gone. God, I really want this uh, ailment to be finished. God, I'm tired of this uh, sciatic issues that I'm happening. God, I, I want to get rid of this. And God is asking the church today, do you want a miracle or do you want me? I'd like to suggest to the church that in wanting Jesus, we might have to be happy with him than more than what he can do. 
But at the same time, I'd also like to suggest to you that getting to Jesus also gets to what he can do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that when you decide to live a life that's pleasing in his sight and, and put aside things that hinder Christ, it also means that you can uh, be assured that when life's situations become tough and they begin to impede your progress, you can also rest assured that you have a savior that he can walk through any door. He can open any uh, window. He can climb any mountain or move those mountains. Uh, he can speak to the, the dumb and they can speak. He can return sight to the blind. He can get rid of cancer. He can get rid of all kinds of things. The Bible says that we have a God who loves us and is touched with our infirmities. So if you're going to get some Jesus, I promise you he's going to come with some healing. If you're going to get some Jesus, I promise you he's going to come with some depression relief. If you're going to get some Jesus, I promise you he's going to come with something to help you understand that he's a good God. He's a great God. He's an awesome God. Bartimaeus came and God then says to him, and this is how I know, this is how I know. It was about who he wanted and not what he wanted. Get him ready to close. The Bible says that when he tells God what he wants, God says, okay, good. Your faith has healed you. Go. The last part of the verse, Carol, it says that just like the leper was disobedient last week, Blind Bartimaeus was disobedient this week. He said, go. And Brandon, the Bible says, he stayed. He stayed. It says he walked with Jesus and kept going with him. Because now that he's got his sight back, oh my goodness. He's loyal to God now. Now that he sees that, that God had actually had mercy on him and was willing to accept him even in his brokenness and then heal him, he said, oh, go? No, I can't go, Jesus. I can't leave you. I wish there were a saint in here today who's been loyal. God doesn't have to do anything else for you because he's already done enough. I wish there were a witness in the building today that could know if God does nothing else right now, he's already woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. I got a job. My children are alive. If they're in jail, they're still breathing. Or if they're going through a problem, at least they're going through. God is looking for loyal people today. Bartimaeus came and walked with God. Not only did he want to see, but he wanted Jesus. Familiar words of a hymn. He says, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. In the moment where, where he got his sight back, where life was balanced for him now, 
instead of running away and going to tell everybody else or, 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 or no, he was, listen, man, he was a healed, disobedient, no longer blind man. Because in the moment when Christ says, you can go your way, he chose to stay. So when I ask you today, you are free to move about the country. You can do everything you want to do, but do you want Christ? Do you want Christ? I know that you may have some issues going on in your life. I know that there may be things that aren't working for all of us sometimes because I need you to understand if, you, if their blood is running warm in your vein, you are a target for the devil. He's going to make sure that he, that he can hit you with impulses and, and behaviors and things that will cause you to decide, like, am I going to choose Christ today or I'm going to pick my cloak up? But anybody out there really want to say, Lord, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. If that's your request today, just raise your hand. Father, in the sanctuary today, our hands raised saying, Lord, listen, I got issues, Father, but I'll take you over my issues. God, I've got problems. I've got diseases. I've got family members. I've got friends that are struggling with things, God. And, and, and Lord, we know that when we get you, <laughs> that means we get what you also can do. You're a great God, a doctor who's always looking to heal. You've got stories of healings throughout the Bible, God, so that we can have faith that you could do it today. So we'll take you, Jesus, the healer, on the roadside of Jericho. We'll take you, Jesus, the healer in the city with the leper. That when desperate times call for desperate measures, God, we'll choose you. That when our desperation recognizes hope, Father, we'll seize those moments to choose you. Regardless of our inabilities, regardless of our haters, Father. And Lord, regardless of what we used to keep us before we met you. Thank you for this moment, God, where we can seize this moment to enjoy some time with you, God. Bless us in the remainder of this program, Father. We'll be going into another portion of our worship service, but we thank you for your love. And if today, oh God, someone needs to choose you to be their Lord and Savior, I pray, oh God, that you would give them the courage to do so. As we rest our hands, Father, in this moment, God, the doors of the church are open, Father, and we're saying to anyone out there who needs to choose Christ, we want to know, do you want Christ today? And do you want to begin a new relationship with him? Are you someone out there today who's saying, listen, church, your next baptism that you have or the next opportunity for Bible study, I want to be a part of that. If that is you today, listen, you can raise your hand now, and I'm sure one of our ministers will here will, will watch you. But as you leave, there's a connection card that we have. And on that connection card, you can indicate today what your decision is for Christ. So wherever you may be, man, woman, boy, or girl, you can choose Christ today. You can seize this moment to choose Christ. If that's you in the congregation today, first of all, I want to say God's excited about you. I need you to know he's going to be busy, but he can stop 
just to talk to you. And Lord, whoever that person is, wherever they are, God, help them to find the courage, Father, to make a decision for you. You've always been faithful. You've been the best thing that we could have, Father. So thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. Let the whole church say amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a hand praise in the building. Hallelujah. Amen.